we did that for a youth ministry up, up north. It's very impactful, I mean, the message of that uh, drama. Pride, lust, suicide, things that come against us, sin, that weigh us down, that capture us, that draw us away from our relationship with God. Jesus took those things upon himself on the cross so that we could walk once again with him. It's a simple gospel message in a nutshell right there. And I want to talk to you today from uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 13. Just two little scriptures in, in uh, two little, little tiny parables in the middle of Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, starting in verse 44, Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. Then his joy went and sold all he had and brought, bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Now here's the, the picture Jesus is talking about. The kingdom of heaven is like, has great value. One of the things we talked about a lot this, this weekend at the retreat, with one of the things Louis was talking about was, what do we value? We have our values in a lot of things. We value relationships. We value friendships. We value our stuff. We value, right? We value things. We put value on things. A lot of times we put value on things that are not the values of God. A lot of times we put value on things that shouldn't have value. And we devalue things that should have, be very valuable, that are valuable to the heart of God and are valuable to him, and we devalue them. We, we see no purpose, no point, no reason for them. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden. There's several scriptures that talk about the hidden things of God. How the kingdom of heaven it's a hidden treasure. It's not just a treasure wide out in the open. It's hidden. It's something that we need to look for and discover and, and find. Who, in, in Bible times, he, he would have been giving them a very real, practical. He was, Jesus spoke in parables so that, to make people understand. He, in, in Bible times, he would have been speaking right to their level, right where they're at, right basically in, in those times. Like, you know how the, 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 the guys with the talents and the, and the one talent goes and he buries his talent, right? That was a very normal thing back then. They didn't have the banking system like we have. There were bankers, but there, there was not the bank, banking system like we have now. So a lot of times, if you had a lot of money, a lot of wealth, you would go and you would hide it in a field and you would cover it up and bury it. I, I wonder what this first guy who found this treasure in a field, wonder what he was doing in that field. Probably a laborer. People that hung out in fields that worked fields were typically laborers. Probably not, didn't make a lot of money. Probably may have even been in that culture in that time a slave. 
finds this treasure in a field. The, the, the one scripture that jumps out at me, and I, I, I keep reading it over and over, he, said, he says he found this treasure in a field. When the man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went away and sold all he had and bought the field. In his joy, he sold everything he had. In his joy, the kingdom of heaven, there should be a, a joyful response in us. There should be something in us that, you know what, all that other stuff, like Paul said, I have the fame, I have the, the, the education, I have the, the stuff, I have the, the power, the influence, I had it all, I was, the, I was amazing. You know what? When I came to know Jesus and when Jesus came and got a hold of me, that's all a bunch of garbage. Suddenly his values shifted. There was a value shift. There was a shift in his values. The, the, the story that Louis was referencing was Shammah. Shammah, one of David's mighty men. Says, all of Israel ran away. All of Israel ran. And there was Shammah standing in the middle of poor people's food standing and defending, defending the field. Nobody else saw value in that field. Shama saw value in that field. Why? Because he owned it. Because it was his. He took ownership. This is my church. This is my family. This is my ministry. This is, I'm taking ownership. I'm putting value in it. I'm going to fight for it. Everyone else can run away. I'm standing here fighting. You think, you think in his joy he went and sold everything he had and then went and bought the field and now he's got all this treasure? How do you think that changed his life? Transformed him a little, didn't it? I've been a laborer, I've been poor, I've been working like a dog. And now all of a sudden I've got a lot of wealth. Probably it was life-changing. The kingdom of heaven is life-changing. There's something about the kingdom of heaven that changes our life. There's things about the kingdom of heaven that changes our values. There's things about the kingdom of heaven that changes the way we speak, the way we, the way we think about life, the way we talk, the way we act, the way we... There should be something different about us at our school. Right, guys? Kingdom of heaven is life transforming. Has anybody ever given up something for the kingdom of God and, and really regretted it? I know it's just food for thought. I don't know. Typically, when you give something in your joy, you're giving it for the kingdom, God's going to answer and move and do something amazing. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for, a per looking for fine pearls. So this guy, it's a little bit different story. He didn't like come across it, ooh, cover it up, bury it, and run away, go buy the land and come back. This guy was looking for it. He was looking for that pearl. He was looking for things that were of high value. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for Find pearls. When he found one great, of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Sold everything he had. 
Both of these stories, they sold everything for the kingdom. Think about that for a moment. Your house, your cars, your stuff. Sold everything they had for the kingdom. I want to just uh, illustrate real quick. This is back in... Uh, Back in 2 Kings, there's a story that happens. Uh, Israel was, they had some wicked kings. I don't know how else to say it, but there was one guy named King, King Manasseh. You read about him in 2 Kings 21 or 2 Chronicles 33. King Manasseh uh, was evil. He brought in all kinds of pagan stuff. They brought all kinds of witchcraft, demonic things, they brought uh, sorcery, witchcraft, pagan altars, idols, asherah poles, mediums, spiritists. There was sexual practices going on inside the temple. There was all kinds of horrific things. In this, in this narrative, uh, Israel, the, the value of Israel was declining rapidly. What was going on, what they saw of value was, was in decline. What was going on around them, chaos all around them. King Manasseh, then, then it gets crazy. His, somebody takes him out and his son Ammon becomes king. He's king for two years and people take him out. Uh, and then the people that took him out, people got revenge. And then it was like, it was crazy. And just imagine being in a situation like that, in a, in a kingdom like that where there's so much backbiting. There's so, it said there was bloodshed from everywhere you could see there was bloodshed. Horrific things going on. I think we can see around us there's horrific things going on, right? There, there was terrible things going on. And then it says, starting in uh, 2 Kings 22, it says Josiah was eight years old. Eight years old when he became king. Now just think about it. Your grandfather was evil, horrible. Your father was horrible. Gave you no example, no nothing. You're eight years old, you become king. He was eight years old when he became king. He reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. In verse 2, he says, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He walked in all the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. In the 18th year of his reign, 18th year of his reign. He would have been like 26. King Josiah sent, sent the secretary Shaphan, the son of Ahaziah, the son of Meshelam, in the temple of the Lord. He said, go up to Hilkiah, the, the high priest, and, and have him get ready, for the, get ready the money. Basically, he's telling them, get ready. We want to rebuild the temple. 
We want to make a home for God. We want to rebuild. We want to go back to the glory days, so to speak. We want to bring that back. We want to bring God's presence back. We, um, my grandfather was evil. He brought all kinds of horrible things. My father was evil. He brought horrible things. There was bloodshed. There was, there was backbiting. There was... Just imagine how toxic that culture would have been. And God raises up an eight-year-old. I don't know about you, but I'm not seeing too many eight-year-olds carry a mantle of leadership and be able to keep a small head. Some 34-year-olds have a mantle of leadership and can't keep a small head. You know what I'm saying? He was eight years old, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He, he, he wanted to follow God. He wanted to bring God back. So he, they start, he sends out word to start rebuilding the temple. He ordered the rebuilding of the temple when he was 26 years old. Hilkiah, the high priest, they start building the temple, and one of the things they come across, one of the things they unearthed and they, they uncovered and they unburied, the buried treasure, they found the word of God. Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the secretary, I have found the book. I found the book. They found it in the rubble of the temple. I found it. I unearthed it. I, I brought back something. He begins to read it. And conviction comes over him. You've got to understand, this was, this was 16 years later, or whatever it was, 18 years 18th year of his reign, this is, this is way, I mean, he's already been trying to serve the Lord. He's already been trying to do things the right way. He's been trying to do, uh, trying to do please the Lord. He's been, he, he's walking in that place, and all of a sudden, they start reading the book, and all of a sudden, all this new information, and then this, this new, whoa. And he tears his clothes, and he says, oh, God. He gets that place of repentance, and he says, oh, no. Chapter 23, verse 2, it says, He went up to the temple of the Lord with the men of Judah, the people of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets. All the people, from the least to the greatest, everybody. He brought them all to the temple. Everybody come. The least to the greatest. doesn't matter what your background is. doesn't matter where you're from. I want you to come. Brings everybody in. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant which had been found in the temple of the Lord. He brought everybody together and he begins to read the word out loud. Then the whole, the whole city ends up, the whole, all of Jerusalem ends up turning back to God and repenting and getting their heart right with the Lord. Getting to that place of God, we're sorry for the junk we brought in. You look, you go on in that story, it's amazing how much stuff was left. How much evil was left over. 
They began to smash things. They, they began to smash the altars. They began to they put all this stuff outside the city and burned it and threw the ashes somewhere. And I mean, it was... They really wanted to do what God had told them to do. They wanted to please the Lord. I'm a youth pastor. I want to please the Lord. But I also want to unearth treasure. I also want to unearth the kingdom of God for these kids. In the last, uh, sorry, I'm emotional. I haven't had a lot of sleep lately, okay? Uh, in the last couple of weeks, I've heard of kids, have had conversation with kids that are giving things up for the kingdom of God. Irosh, the kid that played Jesus. Is he here? I think he might have gone back to Tamalian church. He went with us on a mission trip. I'm just going to brag on him for a sec. Is that okay? He came with us on the mission trip. Had to make some tough decisions to do so. Got to, I went to pick him up on Wednesday. We were coming to youth group. And he said, oh, it was my dream to be on the varsity team for soccer. But because I went on the mission trip, I can only be on JV. That, for me as a youth pastor, that's awesome. That's huge. Glory. Glory, our, our crazy drummer guy over here. He went with us on the mission trip. God, he's using him mightily, doing things. He, I mean, he was, at, by the end of it, he was leading the, the kids' celebration. He... Went to football practice last week, talked to his coach. I want to really, I feel like I'm supposed to go on this retreat this weekend. And the coach said, well, you can play for us next year. He went back to his coach on Wednesday and said, I'm going this weekend. I'm sorry. The coach said, all right, I'll be back by Monday. <laughs> That, to me, in my heart as a youth pastor, that's showing he's understanding and knowing what we're values. What is a profit of man to gain the whole world? What is a profit of man to get everything and have everything and have all you want to forfeit your soul? When we see the value of the kingdom of heaven, we see the value of what God is doing, we see the value of each other. Kind of the, the overall theme God was placing in my heart for this morning was unearthing treasure. We had a whole year of talking about unburying treasure. I think God wants to keep doing that. I think, I hope, as the youth pastor and the youth ministering this morning, you see some of the treasure. in a field, a pretty normal place. 
How many people you think walked right by that field? Walked over that field? Walked through that field? How long was the treasure there? We have no idea. But I want to see the treasure in people. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Here's where it really hits home right here. Colossians 2. I want you to know how much I'm struggling for you. That word struggling is a, is a, it's Paul talking about that spirit of intercession coming on him, struggling, there's suffering, there's, I'm suffering for you, I'm struggling for you. For those at Laodicea, for those who have not, I have not met, met, not met me personally. My purpose is that they may, uh, sorry. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have a full, the full riches, riches of complete understanding in order that they know, might know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. may have full riches. Full riches. Not earthly treasure. Not the stuff the world wants you to have. Not the stuff media wants you to have. The full riches. The complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. enjoy unearthing treasure. I enjoy. I'm not, I'm not going to lie, there's times where I want to kill him. <laughs> pastor Jim always says, it's a good thing you're a youth pastor, not me. <laughs> They're treasures, man. I, the, the whole point of this Sunday is to just Show you the treasure. And it's not because I'm doing such a great job. It's, it's them. It's not, not in my heart this morning. I hope, hope you know that. 1 Corinthians. It won't be much longer here. I'm going to try and wrap it up. This is, yeah, 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 28. Brothers, think of what you were when you were, when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world 
to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world, the, the despised things and the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. Because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us the wisdom of God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boasts in the Lord. Now many of you are wise. Not many of you had influence. Not many of you were of noble birth. Not many of you had it all together. Not many of you were super polished. Jesus shining through, his kingdom coming through us. Uh, you know, I was just thinking about, uh, we, our, our third born child, his name is Wesley. Wesley James. If you haven't heard Wesley sing, you're missing out. It's pretty awesome. Hannah, uh, what was that, three years ago? Three years ago, Three and a half years ago, I had a seizure. Uh, I was kind of out of nowhere, totally unexpected, totally never, you know, 30 years old, never had anything like this ever. Out of nowhere, she, uh, we were, we were, it was, happened to be we were on a date at Target. How awesome is that? <laughs> Fancy. So we were at a date at Target, and all of a sudden, Hannah's like, my eyes are bugging out. I looked at her, and her eyes were all over the place. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so I grabbed her. I'm like, here, just close your eyes. And as I pulled her into me, she had a grand mal seizure. Like, scariest day of my life. I'm putting her down on the ground, and I'm screaming at her. I'm like, ah! no idea what was going on. I'd seen seizures before, but not my wife. Right? Uh, they, they, they did the test, did all the whatever, and they put her on some medication. She was on some medication. Uh, she got pregnant with Wesley, got pregnant and went to the doctor and was like, uh, I'm pregnant. And the doctor was like, uh-oh. I was like, what? What, uh-oh. And the uh, doctor says, well, the medication you're on is, uh, it almost always creates deformities and almost always in the mouth. Um, it's like, all right, what do we do? So they switched her medication, whatever. Uh, we just, throughout the whole process, just felt like, you know what? God's going to use his mouth either way. If it's deformed, God's going to use it. We, we felt like, and we prayed over her belly. We prayed over, over Wes. We prayed, God, use his mouth. Use his mouth for your kingdom. Use his mouth for your glory. Use, use his mouth. We felt like the Lord said, Wesley. I don't know if you know anything about this guy named John and Charles Wesley. John Wesley was a preacher. He had actually come over to the United States. This is in the 1750s. Came over to the United States, went to a place called Georgia, went home and felt like, I am not called to this. This is just, 
I'm a failure. I'm a failure in ministry. This is, this is not my calling. This is not who I am. I'm, I'm horrible. There was no fruit. There was nothing. <gasps> and he was sitting in a service, and he just kind of, and the, the Holy Spirit comes and starts, he felt like, a, he said, a warming presence. His heart warmed. You've got to understand, in their, in their culture at the time, in the 1750s, in, in England, is where it was from, in, uh, in those times, typically by the, by the time a child was six or seven years old, he was already working in factories. Animals were too expensive, so they would take children and have the children do the work. They'd have children crawling underneath uh, the weaver, weaver uh, machinery, cleaning things out, doing things. Uh, several, several occasions, kids' hair would be pulled, pulled out. Several occasions, kids would get crushed in machinery. Several occasions, kids were getting maimed. Several occasions, uh, and nobody cared. Nobody cared. It was part of the culture. It was part of the decline. It was part of the, just like in Jerusalem in, in uh, King Manasseh's time, there was, there was a decline. Nobody cared. He, John and Charles, John was the preacher and Charles was the, was the, uh, the, the music writer, the hymn, hymn writer. A lot of the hymns we do today are from Char- John Charles Wesley. John Wesley gets a burden for people. He starts seeing people. He starts seeing the value of people. He starts, we're treating people like dogs here. What's, what is going on? He goes to the church, and the church is like, get out of here. You're crazy. The church didn't want anything to do with them, so he began to do open-air open air ministry. People were getting saved. In the, in the time of John Wesley, he went uh, 250,000 miles on horseback. totally transformed the whole country. There was wars that took place that England was able to escape from because of the transformation that took place. There was things that happened. People, by the time he passed away, there was 100,000 what they call Methodists. 100,000 of them. And it was all a bunch of Losers and nobodies. Nobody cared for, nobody wanted, nobody, you're just a factory worker, get to work. There was all kinds of disease, there was all kinds of things going on, there was all kinds of horrific things going on in their culture, and he came in and it totally transformed everything about the culture. Everything. Why am I saying all that? I'm saying that when we unearth the treasure of one another, when we unearth the treasure of an eight-year-old king, And allow God to do things and work things. And we showed them the treasure. We showed them that hidden under the rubble scroll. And we say, here's the principles of the kingdom of God. Here's the principles of, of the word of God. Here's the things you need to put into practice in your life. And start living that way. Start living it out. Start walking it out. Start setting an example. There will be fruit in their life. There will be fruit in our life. There will be fruit in our relationships. There will be fruit in our friendships. There'll be fruit in our workplace. There is treasure that you're walking by every single day. So my hope and intention this morning is just give you a, a perspective. Open your eyes. 
God, open our eyes. Let us see the treasure around us. Let us see the treasure of one another. Let us see the treasure of your word. Let us uncover the treasure of who you are. Amen? All right, go ahead and stand up with me, worship team. I want the rest of the youth ministry who's not on the worship team, why don't you come join me up here? There's uh, quite a few of us not here this morning. About at least half of our youth ministry is now part of the Hamalian Church and the Karim Church. God's doing some cool things with us and through us. I'm wondering if you could just extend your hand to them quick. Jesus, we thank you for this group. We thank you for the group that's not here. God, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the treasure of these kids. God, I pray that you would help us as a congregation to uncover and help them discover what the, tr what the true value is, what is of true value. Jesus, we pray your blessing on these kids. God, blessing as they go back to their schools, God. They go to their schools and it can be a very intimidating place. God, I pray that they would carry your anointing. God, they would carry your presence with them. God, they, you, they, they would carry a burden for the lost. They would carry with them God, those eyes that see buried treasure all around them. God, I pray that you would raise them up as leaders. Raise them up as leaders in their generation. God, as Paul said to Timothy, no, no one look down on you because you're young. But set an example for all believers. Set an example. God, I pray that these kids would set an example for us. Jesus. Now we're going we're gonna to worship together. If you need prayer for anything, you feel like there's something in your heart that God is tugging, working on, moving, I, I want to give these kids an opportunity to minister. I want to give these kids an opportunity to pray for people. I want to give these kids an opportunity to pray for you. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. So go ahead. We'll worship. If you feel like you, you, you need to respond, they're up here. Jesus, we thank you so much for this time together. Just pray your blessing on every person here. We ask that you would help us to...
have eyes that see treasure around us. Help us to be knowing and understanding you in a deeper and greater way. God, that you would help us to untreasure, unbury things in your word. God, and for, for those of us here that we know there's something we need to give up to pursue the kingdom, pray that there would be a spirit of joy in that. In his joy, he sold everything. God, I pray for that joy to be on us as a congregation. God, that we're joyful to see your kingdom advance. God, we're joyful to give give up things, to see your kingdom move and work. God, I pray for that joy to come. The same spirit says, the joy set before you, you endured the cross. Pray that you would set joy before us. Set that treasure before us, God. Pray your blessing on every single person here. Pray, pray you would help us, you would guide us. God, that you would speak to us. God, I, we walk deeper in our relationship with you. God, in this year of growing maturity, our roots would go deep. In Jesus' name.